that time again to be joined from around the world over here on the fantasy walkabout this is the full tilt dynasty podcast presents the fantasy walkabout i am your host with the most time on his hands here on time today uh thomas tipple ff and this is my mate from around the world uh tom lee back at it over there in Tomorrowland. um oh man just you know was fortunate enough to hop on a little show that you should be looking for uh, tomorrow over there at JYB underscore FF. They're going to have all the links that you're going to need. I got on there to talk about three players uh, that we were either kind of going to buy in on, buy, you know, sell on, maybe avoid. I'm not going to spoil too much because you should be going and listening tomorrow, but definitely go and do that. It was a great time. What a privilege. And speaking of other shows, oh, my God. I mean, we got the Brothers of Dynasty podcast. Uh, catch me on on Sunday. And then we got, obviously, the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast hey. special edition. Special Saturday afternoon edition with the Podfather himself. I mean, lots happening over here on the brand. And, of course, you can go and check out FullTiltDynasty.com. Tom Lee. You and I have been doing a position-by-position, true-value kind of series to follow our value accumulation project series. I'm looking forward to doing that today, but we're going to do it a little different because, look, this is a tight end edition. And we (laughs) know every argument that can be made for a tight end is exactly the same Okay, it's either their volume that you need volume dependent, you know, all you need is a few touch. We get it. So that's not if that's what you're expecting, you'll be happy to know that's not (laughs) what you're going to get. We are also previewing what our next uh, project is leading up to kickoff. Uh, We're excited to be able to do that. The season is very slowly, but at the same time, very quickly creeping up on us. So We're going to get into that, but I want to kick off with what we like to do, as always, is do we care? Now, this is news that has popped, that has already been talked about to death, and since uh, I'm not into beating horses, let alone dead ones, we're not going to sit on these topics too long. Uh, Some of these are a little bit newer than others. So, to kick off, do we care? Carson Wentz is going to miss anywhere from 5 to 12 weeks. That's with Quentin Nelson. That's very vague. I do not care. Um, 
people say it's going to affect Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, it probably will. But five between five and twelve weeks That's is case, super right. vague. I'll wait yeah. till week two or three to panic. I, I I do not care. Do you care? No, no more than that. Five to twelve is just a really big range, and it applies to both of them. So Nelson's got the same injury, same surgery. Um, bigger boy, really more weight going to the foot. Really weird to get the same thing, especially because they yeah. thought Wentz was an old injury that's been sitting there for a while. Um, it sucks because it was going to be fun to see those flex pieces, especially in the wide receiving core for the Colts, possibly prosper. Um, but we might have to wait a couple of weeks on that and just sort of see where it's at. Like it's, like you said, though, not panicking. There's not much you can do with Wentz. He was already a buy low, so you can't really flip him for major value. Um, and JT's still going to ball. He's still who he yeah. is. So, you know, it People sucks, were- but... We People think that Nelson was the only thing making that offensive line elite. It was not, no. right? <laughs> Kelly is a fantastic player. and They've got other players on that line. I think he's going to be fine. He still, gets to play, <laughs> he still gets to play the Texans and the Titans twice, yeah. right? Like, it, he's going to be fine. And like I said, 5 to 12 weeks is very vague. Moving on, uh, we don't care. Devonta Smith, MCL injury, I do not care. I will not be making a BMI. He has no legs joke. Will not go there because most of the people making them don't do leg day anyway. That's it. All right. Full of crap. And uh, this one I do care about. Okay. So Rieger is already on that. He's a bust for a year one player that played. I think we were all kind of giving him the well, Carson Wentz kind of sucked. And then he was hurt. So we're giving the benefit of the doubt. Failed his conditioning test. Now, this to me just reeks bust. I don't want to go into one here. Yeah. I do care. It's the final. I don't care. He 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 could put up an 800 yard something season. It would take a real 1100, 1200 yards, six, seven touchdown for me to actually care about Rieger again. It's a real yeah. shame for a guy who is very productive. Obviously, had the draft capital that you like to see. Uh, do you care? I care about this one. This one I care about. I care a little bit because he was, like you said, good draft capital, going to get more opportunity this year with more stability around the quarterback position. But I don't know. Like you said, the season's approaching slowly, but also a little quick at the same time. And um, I want to be hearing good things about Rager, nothing to do with failing anything. Look, Um, there's only been a handful of guys that have had negative reports in this like narrative street time of the year. And Rieger gets his name added to the list of Denzel Mims and Brashad Perriman. And that's when we talk about this, right? We talk about you, you, we only care about coach speak if it backs up our narrative, you believe. right? But you do care about if it's negative because there should be nothing negative coming yeah. out of camp. You know? Yeah, this is camp with you know they're not doing anything. They don't care. They're, they're, yeah, no, it's just yep. So nail in the coffin. You know, Rieger can get yeeted. Uh, for all time now Baltimore wide receivers I mean I don't care obviously <laughs> like I wanted like Bateman's the the dude yeah everyone else is gonna fall into their role but I mean the look I hate the the training camp videos and the like lamb going up and catching with one hand he never caught the damn ball like it like I get like they should be able to do that they should be athletic freaks of nature right at least obj came down with it. But with Bateman beating a guy like Humphrey, that is kind of a big deal. And that was uh, McSorley throwing him that ball. So, again, we care about it when it fits our narrative. Our narrative is that Bateman is a a very good player and will be the alpha there. I think I I don't really care about this. I just think it kind of uh, supplants my previous 
narrative. Watkins will have his job, much like a, he had, you know, Seth Roberts had a job, and Hollywood <laughs> Brown will be relegated to his outside deep ball, Deshaun Jackson boomer bust type yeah. guy. I don't care about this. Uh, do you care? Well, I mean, Hollywood Brown's hamstring is the main thing at the moment to be aware of. Um, yeah, so if you're not across that. He's I just, just think not, he's just going to yeah. permanently have problems with his legs. Yeah, I, think I mean, he's, he's nowhere near a wide receiver three for us with rankings, but it's one of those things that if you weren't in on Bateman already, start getting really, well, I really mean, interested in that. We could forgive um, you, but at, at this point, if you're on the wrong side of history, yeah. we'll leave you on the island. We, uh, we might even touch on him a little bit later. Right, and like last week, remember the Mooney and, and the Mooney or Hollywood question that yep. really, you know, really hit us and made us realize that yeah, it's we not really good. Don't like Hollywood, it's not good, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I went hard on an article for Hollywood, really touted him. But once things really clicked into reality after the season, it was you know, all right. So we're gonna talk Kenny Galladay. I don't care about this at all. I mean, I think. Um, you might know the Twitter account is DFS Bean Counter. Drew yeah. over there, you, you know the fake alpha that is Kenny Galladay. I, I agree. I don't really care about him. If I have him, I was already trying to offload him when he signed for the money. I don't care about this hamstring drops. I don't care. Do you care? I don't care. I care because I've got too much of him, uh, <laughs> and it's a mistake from last year that just sits on my rosters. But, Dude, I um, traded for him while he was hurt. Yeah, like, not the right again, thing the process made sense, but I don't want to hear anything about him. Like you said, you, you don't want negative news about the guys that are already trying to turn it around in what is a ugh, whatever situation. Um, yeah, so hopefully it's nothing bad. But The whole the offense yeah. is going to take a big step forward thing is just completely fooey. Yeah, it's who we talk. It's who we yeah. talk, I tell I you. I just want him to have some value um, and actually sit and be playable as a flex each week, but... To stay healthy. Think, I don't think he touches 950 yards this season. Like, I just yeah, don't. I don't. He's, he's not going to be healthy enough. Like, I don't no, know. I, I don't yeah. care. Uh, like, I only um, care because I've got like, too much of him. That's, like, yeah. Tyler, like Tyler Carp likes to say, it's failure. It's too much failure. Uh, we've had enough failure. Uh, I'm I'm done. One one season out of Galladay. I just I don't care. All right. Yeah. The one I do care about, I care about. Well, not the one. <laughs> I did care about the other one. But I care about this one a lot. Uh, I played under coaches like this and they are the worst. And he has the stigma from coming from, you know, the Patriots uh, background, the, you know, rough and tough. I do it my way that drove the greatest quarterback of all time out of town because he was over it. Um, this is Joe judge being an absolute Neanderthal with his players. I mean, I get, they had a scuffle and, you know, they're punishing, they're punishing the, the, you know, the team because Daniel Jones ended up at the bottom of a pile of a pile that had already started to formulate. And he asserted yeah. himself in because he has to be the leader. He's part of the team <sighs> and your punt like the, the hundred yards sprints and then the lining up for pushups. This isn't junior varsity. There are NFL veterans on that team, eight, 10, 12 guys that have punched their, you know, their ticket to the, the pension and things like that. It, they, you, you're going to lose them if he has, like, he's, if he ever had them. Everything yeah. about that camp with Gettleman, now Judge acting like an asshole and, uh, and, and just things not going well, the Benjamin thing and guys signing and retiring. You can read into the narrative and make it whatever you want to make it. 
but uh, he's on the fast track. I get the fuck out of here uh, for sure. And I, this is going to sound, I think Jason Garrett's going to end up being the next coach of that team. Like I can just, <laughs> I can see it, it coming already. Yeah. So yeah, I care about this. Do you care about this? Uh, no, because I didn't really care about it before, but you know, it's a massive team, major team in that conference. Um, from it's, a name point of view, but it's, it's not such a from good a fantasy defense. point of view. Like yeah. they, they are going to be football relevant. I just don't think they're going to be fantasy relevant. And then no, we're going to take our time with Saquon and just, I don't yeah. know. It's their offensive line didn't really impress. It just, yeah, I don't care about this team, but I really do care about their head coach being an absolute Neanderthal <laughs> dickhead loser. Um, so that was it. That's the news. That's it. That's all we're going to talk about it. We're going to move on. We're done with it. We're yeeting it out of existence. Uh, and we, when we come back, we're going to take a quick second here. When we do come back, we are going to bring back uh, shits me to tears. And uh, Tom Lee will, uh, well, he'll clue you in on that. If you're late to the party, which I'll forgive you for, but not for long. We'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, okay. This is a fantasy walkabout presented by Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. Tom Lee, walk us through this week's Shit Me to Tears. We're back into Shit Me to Tears. Yeah. Now, Shit Me to Tears is just something we're seeing out there that, well, as the saying goes, shits us to tears. So things that just make us sit back and go, why the fuck is this happening? What's going on? And this week, for me, it's random shithouse offers that... <laughs> They serve no purpose, right? So if you've had, we've, we've talked about negotiations. We've talked about how to talk to and communicate with people in your, in your leagues. But just sending a absolute, oh, I don't know, just, just a nightmare of an offer out there for no reason without any talking around it only does yourself a disservice, right? A couple of ones this week, I had someone try to send me a late second or a 23 second for Courtland Sutton straight up. No, no, no conversation. No, you know, I like this player. He wasn't on the block. It's just the fuck does that do? That doesn't serve me or you any good. And I don't want to deal with your ass anymore. That's, so. a, that's a fast track to get the fuck out of here is what that is yeah. for me. Uh, look, that that does bother me. I understand if you're not the type of person to be like, you know, to send you a message like, hey, what do you want for him? I understand yeah. people don't like that. People don't always like when you say like, hey, what would you want for this guy? Hey, he's on the block. What are you looking for? That's fine. Because yeah. it's a per- it's perceived as you wanting to yeah. get a positional advantage in negotiations. If you if you don't have the cojones of just sending an offer out as a base offer, then you probably aren't going to get a lot of deals done anyway. But if you're sending a deal like that, you send that with a message. You'd be like, hey. Don't take this. Don't take yeah. it. We call this the Billy approach, right? Oh, the other God, co-host. Because yeah. Billy will deliberately send you a trade that is dog water. But he'll send you a message like, hey, that offer sucks, but let's start talking. Yeah, it's let's like an icebreaker. Yeah. 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 Again, that comes from knowing your leagues, knowing your mates. If yeah. you're just sending a 23 second for Cortland Sutton with no explanation, I probably just don't want to talk to you anymore. So that's yeah. going to kill all that and I'm, it's going to leave a bad taste in my mouth. So stop, you know, I guess shitting other people to tears and start <laughs> thinking about what it is you're actually doing within the confines of a trade off. That's it. Yeah. Because these, just these because things don't go unnoticed. You, They're a pain in the ass. Just yeah, yeah be better. Like it just <laughs> and if you just get a quick decline, like take a minute and assess 
why you yeah. got hit with that quick decline because there was a fucking reason. Um, so yeah, that's just let's let's stop doing that, especially with the season coming up. Be better. Uh, look, when we come back, we are going to dive into the tight end position and hopefully help you make a difference with our you know our methodology, our true value, and what is and isn't. And again, we know tight ends are so. They're so historically boring, and nothing we're going to say is going to change that. All we're hoping to do is change the way you approach it, change the way you look at it, and maybe leave yourself open to better opportunity of uh, value at the position so you don't have to stack nine of them on your bench and hope that one hits. So hang in there. We're going to be right back. We're going to talk, you know, tight end stuff. Hooray. So if you are not familiar with our term true value, the term value is thrown around in fantasy football very easily. Like it, it's, it's right up there with grinding and dominating upside. Oh my God. We get it. It's value. Great value. This round has so much value. That round has so much value. I'm getting it. Such a value. We get it. Everyone's a value all the time to everyone but they're not, not when you really look at it. So we like to identify the true values. So we're going to try to do that again today. Now we are using ADP information from DLF and we do not focus on startup value. We're over startup value. You should be over startup value. I understand startups are still happening, but you've gotten 722,451 examples of what trading back for startup value is. We don't care. Uh, what we do care about is your leagues that have existed for a while. The two, the second, third, four, five, 10, 12, 15 year long dynasty leagues that you need to get back on track with, or maybe you've just been good for so long. You need some fresh blood. Well, yeah, we're going to go ahead and do that. Obviously we talk about everything in tiers. Tight end tiers is real easy. One Kelsey two, you know, uh, Waller, Kittle, Pitts, in whatever order you want, and then everyone else. So it's the big four. It used to be the big three. Now it's at least a big four, and <laughs> it's it's maybe more for some. That is yeah. what it is. But let's talk about the values in tier one. Kelsey's ADP of twenty nine. He's the consensus tight end one. I mean, obviously, I mean he's making it into the third round, which is pretty. Kind of interesting, actually. It's, it's it's notable, yeah. Yeah, he used to be an easy round two pick even a couple of years ago. Tight end premium, I mean, you still kind of see him in that second round, but I can t- I can accept him in the third. You know, I think I think <laughs> I, I, I would do that for sure. Then you got Pitts at ADP 38, which is surprising to me. I mean, he's uh, like our dynasty tight end one, at least mine, yeah. Jacobs. I think Billy... Actually, not 100% sure if he is for you or not. I think With Kelsey me. might still be your one. I, I can't remember, honestly. Yeah. Um, but uh, look, at, at 38, easy smash for Kyle Pitts. No matter your build, you don't have to go, oh, I'm going to build young. But when you're identifying teams that have existed already, you're looking at Kelsey, you're holding him. Okay, You're not going to get his, your opportunity, co- like, opportunity to move Kelsey at his max 
true value in dynasty was last season during the season while he was having the best season of all time. But if you held on to him, you're, you're hoping for more production another tight end one finish. You've jumped the shark on moving Kelsey. So you're stuck with him. acquiring him. Bad idea. You're going to be charged way up unless you get a reasonable fantasy player, which are few and far between. I'm not giving you Kelsey without a first plus a playable tight end plus a player. And that's a yeah. lot. So, although he can be probably like the only difference maker at tight end. So your true value time frame for Kelsey is probably gone. Whereas Pitts, the people that draft Pitts want like three first form, <laughs> right? I mean, maybe you got him at your 105 rookie pick. Maybe somebody really loves him and got him at the 102 rookie pick. But seeing as how we're not talking about startups, acquiring Pitts in leagues that already exist, you might as well, I don't know, Oh, good luck. Yeah. I don't even know what to compare that to. Like you might as well grab Nick cage and go on a treasure hunt. Like it's not, you're never going to acquire them in dynasty right now because it just makes no sense to move him. If you have him, either your team was dog water or you smartly acquired draft picks and you, you know, you, you got like, You'll never buy him lower until he already has been a bust. Like that's the only <laughs> opportunity you have to acquire him any lower, right? Like it's just his value is too high. You're not getting a true value on Kyle Pitts, the player I think out of the big four. Right? It's pretty obvious to say, like you know, Kelsey Pitts, Kittle, Waller. I think it's a pretty consensus top four at the tight end position, yeah. the super uninspiring tight end position that it is. I think the best true value you're going to get is George Kittle. I'm surprised by looking at this that Waller is the fourth on this list, but I think it's Kittle who is often injured, unfortunately has Jimmy Garoppolo, has more targets to compete with, but he's easily going to be a top five tight end if he plays, and we don't project injuries because we're not sociopaths. Um, but you can get Kittle. I mean, I, uh, I believe I traded George not that long ago. Oh, my Lanta. I did. It was uh, Javante a first and a second for George Kittle, and I took that running. I, di- I didn't have to push. I know. We don't care about your leagues, Tom. I know. <laughs> I know you don't care, okay? But what I'm trying to do is give you a little bit of gravity as to what I would be – I wouldn't move Javante for anyone. But for a competing, contending team that's looking for that boost – you're getting a true value at that. You're not paying two firsts and a player like you would for Kelsey. You're not paying five firsts, three seconds, and your first and second born child for Kyle Pitts, right? And you're you're not paying the two first plus price for Waller. Like you're getting yeah. one first, a rookie player that's likely sitting on your bench anyway. And then if you, especially if you're trading for Kittle, Javante better be on your bench. <laughs> Uh, right or you're like movable flexes so that's a good true value situation i think he's your one uh let's do a quick rundown on the true value side for you here tom lee yes i mean i think the big thing with tight ends is ask not what the position can do for you but what you can do with the position that's my approach to tight ends um you've got a lot you do have a school of people out there who think okay tight ends especially the top four can be a positional advantage the only real time that you have the positional advantage is if the rest of your roster is absolutely stopped 
then you mm. absolutely can and should move for one of these guys because it will just change your roster. Um, but I'm not starting with a tight end and working my way back unless it's tight end premium. Kelsey, again, like all these guys, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, take Pitts and Kittle out because, like you said, they're younger. One's got an injury discount. One you're not going to get unless you sell the house for him. Kelsey and Waller, top end production. If you can flip that for two very usable pieces, uh, I'm probably doing that. Um, yeah. they, they all sit within an ADP range of 15 positions. So it's we're talking just over a round in most of your leagues. Um, so the order of them doesn't really matter to me. It's kind of take your pick and, and pick your poison. Um, but yeah, Kelsey and Waller for me, their true value lies more in the sell side of things rather than yep. the acquisition side of it because you can still flip them for good, for good pieces. Um, and if you're getting good usable production out of the pieces you acquire for a tight end and then replacing yep. it with a few of the guys we might talk about later, um, that, that's the move for me. Um, as much as I love watching Kelsey and Waller go to work, those points are probably better off somewhere else in the roster. And that's what best ball's for. You don't have to have them on your dynasty routes. Exactly. I appreciate yeah. watching them go to work. I mean, it. you want to take out the the possibility of having a player in your dynasty roster because you like them, right? Like, <laughs> obviously, you want to have fun, but we're not here to talk about the fun side of it. We're you don't want to hate about, them, but yeah, you don't yeah, have to love them. Like, yeah. I would never have Tyler Higby on a on a dynasty roster because I hate him as a human uh, because he's garbage and worthless as a human being. Uh, but, I mean, sure, he had like a good three games. Huge right? fan that's, of the show, Tyler Higby. <laughs> yeah. I hope he is. Please listen one day. Please ignore that um, last comment. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Don't ignore it. Just, you know, correct yourself. All right, look. That was the big tiers. We obviously know kind of consensus what we're doing on the selling and buying where your true value is. Kittle is the clear and obvious choice for the true value at tight end. Now I want to talk about a real sticky situation. Last year, this was Mark Andrews, right? And if you listened to the show previously, we told you why we don't want to deal with Mark Andrews, why we yeah. want to fade Mark Andrews at this point. Uh, now that he has target competition and red zone competition, et cetera, et cetera. And he's just kind of fine at the position. He's, um, yep. he's a ten, he needs he's a 10 touchdown guy that's that's what you're gonna want from him right but the the TJ Hawkinson Noah Fant kind of situation it's gonna be pricey Hawkinson's ADP is 59 so you're kind of getting the general sense that you know tight end five you really can't ask for more than that from a guy who's not Kittle Kelsey Waller and in a awful situation like he is. I think yeah. that's his ceiling. I don't see him going higher I, until some of these guys get that, out of the league, maybe. Yeah, I think that's the issue for me with Hawkinson is his ADP. We don't talk about the drafts too much, but at 59, we're only talking another round and a half later than Waller. And there's a huge void, as we'll get to when we talk about Fant in a second, to the next guy up. It's not a true value to be taking him in drafts at the end of the fifth round. That's just no. silly. Because that's um, that's where that's where Andrews is getting drafted. He used to be getting drafted at five. That, five yeah, nine, that's five, that's the pinch point. We don't want to do with that. You can um, grab yourself a running back. You can grab yourself a quarterback. It's going to hold yeah. more value. You're going to get a great wide receiver. Like if someone were to offer me T.J. Hawkinson for Brandon Ayuk right now, yeah, I would take Brandon Ayuk. I, I you, wouldn't, you wouldn't need to put anything on top of that. Right? Yeah, especially because this I isn't Todd and Ayuk's a seventh, yeah. yeah, Ayuk's a seventh round pick. I'll all day, all day, easily, 
easily. So, now I, I understand where... people aren't as comfortable yeeting tight end. I understand. Yeah. I get it. It's cool. Whatever. Um, and that's not even. I'm not even like a super pro Ayuk fantasy Got player. It. Yeah. But I understand that there's more value in that position than tight end is when you can get, you know, Dad Bod Ferkser or. <laughs> You know, Gerald Everett or, you you know, Will Disley for five weeks in a season. It just – tight ends are, that play are acquirable. Hawkinson's not incredibly special to me. I understand he's going to be get volume, get volume, get volume. I don't think he's going to be able to do much with that volume, so I don't care. So if you're in a yeah. league and you got him in the rookie draft, you probably didn't take him as high as you would have had to take Pitts this year. But, right, like you wouldn't have had to. I can't remember Your where he went in rookie high. draft. It's but pretty it's, high. Yeah. it's high. You're happy with him if you got him. I wouldn't be reaching out to acquire him unless you truly believe he's the difference maker. I don't think, I think he is. He's not worth yeah. the. You're not going to acquire Hawkinson without like a first round pick or a player of that value, yeah. like a fifth, sixth round player in a startup. Whatever you know, take your pick. Amari, Amari Cooper. Are you trading Amari Cooper, a fifth round wide receiver, for T.J. Hawkinson? Nah. No, you're not going to do that. You're not going to trade a first-round pick and Brandon Ayuk. You're not. You're not going to trade that kind of. So he's not a true value to me. I don't think he's a true value for you. I no, just don't I think, think he's worth it. I think there's a situation where you can get a quote-unquote true value for Hawkinson, though. So we talked before about if your roster's stacked, uh, at, you know, go and get a big name to create a difference in that position. Hawkinson is more is more accessible, more acquirable than the top four. So if you are the clear standout team in your league and you have a first spare and someone will give up Hawkinson for a first, that's where I'm okay with it. Um, yeah. yeah. Because you know your first is likely to be late. It's going to be somewhere between 9 and 12, all things being equal. Um, he could be a difference at the position. At the very least, he should be a volume difference at the position to everyone after him. Um, he's comfortable. He's he comfortable. comfortable. He's, he's a known value. It's better than – it's kind of like what we wanted Hunter Henry to be last year. We wanted that yeah. comfort, big guy over the middle, you know, volume receiver. Um, yeah, I mean, you could take anyone later for upside. Um, but for a first in a team that you know is going to do well, just to add something different at tight end, I'm happy to pay that. But otherwise, start up and everything else, ugh, take a pass. Yep. Hawkinson's not really a true value. It is like he's a He's a very deceitful value at the end of a fifth round of a startup. Yeah. More for the most part, if you're missing out on those big four, you're not willing to spend on it. You shouldn't be willing to spend a fifth round pick, which is a crucial pick, and, uh, yeah. on the, and you're not trading a player you would have acquired. Like if you're getting Javante Williams in a fifth round of a startup, but you have so if this is a, a fantasy league that's two years in, you're not trading Javante Williams straight up for TJ Hawkinson. God, no. Your league would want you as a person <laughs> to be set yeah. on fire. Unless you um, are Hawkinson and you've done that trade. Right. They're question and again, it. you can say, well, Titan premium, we're not specifying it's Titan premium. That obviously changes it a bit, but my personal strategy doesn't change much with the difference in leagues. And I don't think yours should either. You should approach it the same way. Um, right. It's just the top, top, top end, the Kelsey Kittle Waller. Uh, yeah. And I will oh. say pits because I believe in the process will give you that league winning difference but Hawkins is not doing that even in premium so you're not going to trade you know uh amari cooper a javante williams straight up for tj hawkinson if yeah. you are please let me know i'd like to talk to you about it <laughs> yeah not not to talk down i just want to understand 
why what about it isn't if you if you're into volume dependent players just just i don't know go get deontay johnson and live your happy life uh noah fant now to me noah fant is a true value and i'll tell you why Noah Fant's a true value to me because he's being regarded as the tight end seven in drafts. And if you're dynasty league in your second, third and fourth year, you'll never have an easier time acquiring Noah Fant right now. The question's around his quarterback, but look, I know what we're all projecting for Kyle Pitts. I know, I know, I know. We all know. We get it. We hear it. We're doing it. Understood. We're doing it. We're propping them up. Right. I understand. But tight ends do take a while, especially a true tight end. And Noah Fant is a true tight end. But he is an athletic, gifted, Greek god of a specimen. And that's a player I want. I want that guy who can catch the ball and run for 65 yards, break four tackles, flip you off at the goal line, and then Sparta kick the referee after. I want that guy. And that's a player. And in the seventh round, Okay, well, now I'm getting into that Ayuk conversation, right? Ayuk's that seventh-round pick. Who else are you getting in the eighth round right now? Tom Lee? Like, it's... Judy. It's, Judy's it's, a standout. Yeah, yeah. seven, so Judy's eight. Judy's a seven, eight turn. Um, and and that is, that's your, that's your comp- comparable piece of the wide receiver position in or, drafts. When you're looking at a quarterback, you're probably looking at, what, a Sam Darnold, right? A Derek Carr. Maybe, I mean, Carr never even makes it <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't be looking at a quarterback, but yeah. Right. I, yeah. I agree. But, but you're right. Yeah, comparable if looking, yeah. Right. If you're looking at that seventh round, a player you'd go one for one, I would still take Noah Fent because you have you should have already secured the running backs, the, the quarterback, rest the, the receivers. Yeah. You should be comfortable enough in this situation that maybe you've traded down and you've accumulated more picks. But in, in, a, in a league where it's been around for a couple of years, like we like to focus on, he is a player I'm willing to spend, you know, that 22 you know, 22 first if he's the last missing piece. I'm sure yeah. I'll take that, especially in a tight end premium. I'll take it. If it's not a tight end premium, second round pick and a player, no problem. Um, a player that equals that seventh round pick, right? Because you always, you, and I'll say this, you always want to be going back and checking your ADPs if you're not doing a bunch of different startups because you're not a sociopath. If you're not doing 100 startups and you're not totally keeping live up to date on your, on your values for players, go and check the ADPs and reestablish value for your players. And if other people in your league aren't doing that, it'd be very easy to tell. You'll be able to sneak some deals out of there. It's worth doing. Even if you think ADP doesn't matter in leagues that have existed for a while, I personally think you're off your meds. You should get back on them and join the real world. Um, It just, it's, it's a good starting point on where to value and what to spend, which is why we talk about ADP for leagues that have been around for a while. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully that clears that up. But for me, Fant is a guy I'm willing to trade for because if I'm just talking about a seventh round pick in a startup, I'm willing to trade that player. I'm willing to trade that miles Gaskin. I'm willing to trade that, you know, whoever else you're getting in that seventh round, even Jerry Judy, I would consider it for sure. Cause Judy's probably my fourth, fifth, sixth wide receiver. You're not going to, you know, the tight end production, um, especially if, you know, they get a quarterback. So mm-hmm. is he out of the, uh, the, the fan true value for you or no in draft still no. Uh, and that is just purely my drafting style. Um, right. I'll maybe the traded back just before this position to try and pick up more wide receiver depth. 
um, and come yeah, the out. Answer, and have, yeah. The answer is trade back for life. We know that. Yeah, we know this. So, uh, so I don't have any fan in Dynasty just because drafts don't put me in that position. And like I said, I rarely trade up for a uh, for a tight end. But athletically, he is the guy. If you want to take a risk on someone at that price, he's the guy you do it for. Um, it's not that he's not a true value. It's that for me, if I pick him up, he doesn't have the on-sale value yet um, secured into him. So you're buying the opportunity. Um, it's it's kind of like buying Darren Waller like five years younger, um, hoping that the quarterback situation changes because as soon as it right. does, you've got yourself a locked and loaded top five guy um, if he can stay healthy because he's, he's, he's an amazing athlete. So... Yeah, for me, not a true value at draft position, but if you go through the league and you ask around and, and say, you know, where are you at with Fant? What do you want to do with him? He's a true he value. A, he, he's acquirable, and yes, he's a true value outside of, of the draft. For me. Right, true value outside of drafts is a definite lock because people are probably either disappointed in him, don't like the situation. You yeah. should be going and picking up these Denver assets as fast and, as you and can. And that's why we use Jerry Judy as a comparison because he's in that same position. Yeah, you know, he had what should have been a very successful season, but we still don't like where he's, he's at. Still fine. It just, he, yeah. you know, we got spoiled by Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf the year yeah, before. The direct comparisons was just like it's unreal. What are we, what are we doing? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So Fant, we're checking off as a true value outside of drafts. I think he's worthy of going and spending at his price. Obviously, different leagues. You know, the value goes differently. The person that has him might really like him. Whatever. Go and check in. And see how they doing. Oscar around. Yeah. And look, we have every anything else that's Ferkser, that's all you know, the Janu, the the Hunter Henry, who I just don't want. I just don't want those guys. I don't want them on my roster. However, you do have my favorite late round tight end here. Yeah. This is a player that I'm rostering as much as possible. It's the last it's, one. It's only one worth mentioning, right? In this right. Range. And it's Gerald Everett going as the tight end 20. There's, in my opinion. A healthy Gerald Everett in Seattle does not finish as a tight end 20. No. Like, I don't, it's not going to happen. Russell Wilson throws a ton of touchdowns. They're not all going to go to the same two guys, right? Chris Carson's no way he's going to play the whole season. Like I said, project injuries if it fits your narrative. And Everett is probably a lock for five, six, seven touchdowns, which is going to vault him past that. So you're already acquiring better value, two times value. And I think he is a true value. You can probably go and get Gerald Everett for pretty much anything right now. Um, you should be doing yeah, so. Not from us, though. Yeah. Not from <laughs> us, yeah. right? We're speaking very generally. You're obviously going to have, you know, real keen individuals in your leagues, hopefully. And if not, please kick out the people who aren't. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Look, you're just, he's going to be a player that you have the opportunity to acquire for very little. So, yeah. Gerald Everett, true value for you, Tom Lee. Yeah, true value both in startups and outside. Um, because at this point, if you're shooting a shot in the dark, I want an athletic guy playing with a really good quarterback that scores a lot of touchdowns, who's going to stand out in the field, who doesn't have a lot of competition. Um, and Everett is that. I mean, Disley, those guys are there. But, you know, Not they, really, they could though. Put, like, they're there on the roster. Um, yeah, <laughs> they exist <laughs> in Seattle. Yeah, but, like, Everett's that guy who they went out and got they didn't pay him a heap, but they still paid him. Um, and they can move him around the field. We saw it over in, in LA as well. He's just got good um, good athletic appeal across the board. And Russ likes hitting those guys. So for me, He's it's worth pedigree. taking the shot. Yeah. And the he play, play action game, up the seam. They can use him in reverses. 
They're going to get crafty, and I don't care really about the rest of the receiving core outside of the top two there, the big dogs. Yeah. So there are targets to go around, and he's, he's the best true value in all time Dynasty. frames in Dynasty and yeah. startup, not startups. Okay, so that's – tight ends are done. We're done with Wrap them. them up. Yep, yep. They, you can call it. Uh, that's going to be the meat of what we're the, – the episode here today. When we come back, we're going to take a quick second, catch our breath, regather our our brain thoughts and when we come back we're gonna give you a little preview of what we're working towards uh leading into kickoff and getting us set so sit tight you're not gonna want to miss it i hope i don't think sit tight come on back uh we'll be back in a second Okay, so the next couple of weeks, Tom Lee and I, we're going to be doing a true value player from each team, and we're going to determine whether that true player from each team, true value player from each team is worthy of a buy or a sell. Uh, We're going to put basically the whole thing together. We're going to pick everyone's, kind of everyone's favorite discussion uh, or player to discuss. Oh my goodness, Tom, go to bed. Uh, Player to discuss and in kind of walk through whether we would uh, be buying or selling real simple concept, but something real fun uh, to go team by team and do leading into the season. And of course, right before kickoff, we are going to do a little, uh, little bit on whether you should, or how to identify whether or not you are happy or very sad with your roster going into the season and how to identify uh, what side of the bed you're on on the good side or that bad side of the bed. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about true value players from each team. We're going to go through so, whether they're a buy or sell. We're going to start with the A's because we like to do things alphabetically. alphabetically. Yeah, nice and correctly. We're going to start with the QB1 from last season if you're going on a 16-week basis, which I don't think you should be. You should be including <laughs> the 17th week because you should be projecting for 17 weeks as it is a 17-week season next season. year. So Kyler in Arizona, that's Kyler Murray, quarterback, number one, the kid uh, playing uh, quarterback out there. Uh, are You have it listed as a sell. Why would he be a sell for you? So this is the key, right? We talk about players' true value. So true value doesn't necessarily mean that they're a value to buy. And this is what I want to get away from. If we're talking about value and dynasty, this concept of, oh, they're a value, always – always uh, applies to buying, right? So what we're saying here is that Kyler is an asset that's worth having, a great player, worthy of where he's at, right? He is not a true value in startups. He is not a true value in your team because he's just really good, right? He's, he's a value. He has the most value, in my opinion, at the moment to be selling him because at the moment he is at the highest ceiling. Like you said, QB1 last year, he's young, he runs, He's got an awesome offense. He passes pretty well for the most part. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's sort of topped out. You can't really go past being a QB1 and a first-round startup value. Yep. Um, we, we've said this about quarterbacks for a fair while and in the episodes we've done, sliding back to get another quarterback who can re- like replicate production and adding a piece is the most simple way to acquire value, especially in Superflex, which is all we deal with. And for me, Kyler has... Everything. Everyone loves Kyler. He's fun to watch. He's got the value. But for your team, yeah, for your team, his true value 
is to get him off your roster because you can replace the production and add a hell of a piece, giving your roster more winning upside. More than just more, more winning potential. Right. Yeah, more than just like a proper piece, right? It's the first round startup yeah. evaluation. Up, so upside is a no-no word on this show because we it get is. it. Everyone up. has yeah. upside. God. Okay. Uh, I but would yeah. agree. I think I think your best course of action. I mean, of course, we always do say you don't have to move a good player. Yeah, we don't have to dump him for nothing, right? But you should be putting out feelers across the league. Don't put him on the block because a lot of people think when you're putting him on a block that player is actually attainable, right? Just poke around and see if maybe the teams that don't have strong quarterbacks or maybe they have that like good Kirk Cousins player. That's it. Go show interest in the other quarterbacks you want to acquire. Right. right. Pick the pick the guy you think replaces production, and then start having a conversation. And we don't mean replaces production. Like you're not going to replace Kyler. You're going to get the, the QB, QB one. one. Yeah. Right. But yeah. replace him in the aggregate while strengthening up another part of your roster, which is where the tier based yeah. trading and drafting comes in handy. Uh, how, many, next, how many points a game player? would you lose from a Kyler? Right. If you lost five points a game from Kyler, but then added an extra piece on your field where you had nothing. And plus you know, a pick that you'll get two times, yeah. two times value on draft day. It just makes sense. Yeah. 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 It makes sense to make sense. If you know what I mean? Look, another player, this one's going to hurt for you. This I hurts, know. man. This is, yeah. this is tough, but Calvin Ridley's true value in Atlanta is to sell, 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 because he <laughs> hasn't been the wide receiver one, but he's being treated yet. like he's the wide receiver one. You say yet. I just don't uh, have to say yet. I don't think it's going to happen there, dude. Yeah. He's atrocious with the ball in his hands. And eventually Matt Ryan's going to be gone. He's got a new offense, but people that love him love yeah. him. And I don't think there's going to be a time, uh, you know, maybe in season after he has, you know, an eight catch 120 yard game. Maybe he scores twice that you can really push him, but maybe he had, maybe he had bad games before that. Maybe he was just meh. Maybe he was just meh. So I think you're going to end up uh, moving a wide receiver that finishes somewhere in the seven to 11 range, which is good. But if you can get a wide receiver, it's where his value is at. I mean, if you got him last year, you got him at that value. Happy with it. Right. So for me on my rosters, I'm an Atlanta homer, not from there, but you know, you get the point. Um, I, I'm going to keep him, right? I'm not going to be selling Calvin Ridley, but hopefully it's because my roster is quite good. Um, the, the issue is, yeah, like you said, you're not going to get consistent the wide receiver one for him, but you can get that value for him by trading him right now. Um, the guy I wanted to put in this position was Pitts, but like you said, it's just silly. No one's paying a huge amount for him because he hasn't played yet. Nobody. But they're also not giving him up because they know what he can be. So as much as I wanted to put a pits in there because he's an interesting topic, it just wasn't going to get done. Um, Ridley is one of those guys who is top tier, who you can cash in for multiple assets, which at the right. wide receiver position there are, is so valuable. Right? There's that, not many guys you can trade for multiple assets as a wide receiver. It's an example of knowing your league. So there are players, fantasy players out there like myself or Jacob, who are not high up on Calvin Ridley. If we have Calvin Ridley on our rosters, you're probably going to prime him for less than market value, but still a fair value to yeah. us who are the shareholders in that Both teams situation. can win in that situation, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. You're getting a deal and you're getting the player you want that you value that highly while the other player does not. It is a perfect match. It never hurts to go and ask. And it, that's a reason why you need to be keeping up with ADP. 
in your experienced dynasty leagues, you need to keep up with ADP so you can check in on guys like Calvin Ridley, who I agree. If you have them, chances are you're holding on to them, right? But you should be poking around and asking uh, yeah. if people are keen or interested or how high they have them, what you could you what you what could pry away. Because, again, you can replace in the aggregate. There's more questions than answers there in Atlanta, and I would definitely want to be getting out. Uh, Baltimore, bye. Look, we said this before. I mean, if you weren't in on Bateman before, I don't think you deserve to be now. But it's okay. It's we your forgive. last chance. We forgive yeah. for now. But you got to get on board. The guy is a stud. You, he probably slipped in rookie drafts here, 202, 203 in a super flex. Because, you did. know, I mean, Trey, Trey Sermon yeah. and Michael Carter got to get drafted at 201 and 202. Crazy. Uh over a guy like Bateman, who's going to be good for a, for a long time, and if you're if if it's the Lamar Jackson doesn't throw or can't throw or just don't, I mean, let's evolve <laughs> from that argument. Bateman is a boss. Uh, he's a great. He was a great prospect, good player in college, and has done everything you need him to do through camps and whatever you believe down Narrative Street. I yeah. mean, it's the narrative that helps me fall asleep at night. And you can get Bateman. I mean, relatively cheap after your rookie drafts right now. Yeah. Uh, so why is he a buy candidate for you? Well, we look at what we like from prospects, right? We like athletic profile and and uh, a guy who balled out in college, tick. We like draft capital, tick. We like team opportunity, massive tick. Uh, and we like him to be affordable, right? Which he is because this year we had a bunch of quarterbacks slide into the top 12 of rookie drafts. And like you said, we had a, a bunch of fringe running backs who also slid their way filling out the back end of that first round. So people who got him for a second all of a sudden just keep perceiving him as a second. Um, it was really tempting in the Arizona section to put Rondell Moore in the same situation because, again, some production, question marks over health, but he's so affordable because he kept sliding to the second round for people, right? So it's one of those pieces that we know is going to be amazing, but right now has a wide receiver evaluation in the 30s, which we know he's likely to outperform given what he's got. He's in essentially the same situation as Kenny Galladay, but is eight years younger and is more healthy and more athletic. So why not go out and get that guy for what will be less of a cost than Kenny Galladay? Yep. And and look, I'm willing to put up a 22 first plus for Bateman right now. 22 personally. first is money. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy money. You can re you can recoup that in the aggregate down the road when you know somebody's slumping or not feeling it, or you can swing one. It's fine. And you the should be going and buying on Bateman. And again, yeah. look, I'm not going to be able to sway you if you're uh, an, an anti or an anti Lamar Jackson as a quarterback gimmick, but Correct. he's proven he can, he can put up top, you know, weeks for position players. Mark Andrews was a top five tight end and yeah. Hollywood Brown for six, seven weeks. And I think Hollywood Brown's a mediocre receiver at best, very one dimensional was, you know, he was right up there with the wide receiver 15s, 14s. Now give him an actual alpha with some other receivers there to give him some room and a play action. And, man, you should be buying him now. Don't buy him when it's too late. Don't don't buy that yeah. share when it's too late, you know, and Greg Roman's finally gone and, you know, they're throwing the ball with good passing concepts. Yeah. Because they throw the ball enough to be, you know, when they're efficient, but the concepts they run are just so yeah. horrendous. Go and get shares of Rashad Bateman now. He is the best, and you're right, true value buy on the Baltimore Ravens. And lastly, before we get out of here, 
it's Buffalo. And this is going to be very similar to me for Arizona. All the same reasons we talked about with Kyler Murray is why you should be kind of poking around your league and asking if they want Josh Allen. Uh, Part of that to me is I don't believe that record-breaking career changes are sustainable. He's definitely bound to regress. Not saying he won't be good or a top-five quarterback or that I don't have him ranked in the top-five quarterback in Dynasty. I do because I'm not a sociopath. But it's what I'm betting on, and I think that his value, again, like you said, you know, how often are you going to be able to ensure that you have a QB one or a QB two? Anything can happen. Diggs can get hurt. Someone could go down. I don't think you're going to be able to get more for Josh Allen than you could right now. So for the kind of the same reasons as Kyler Murray, that's why he's in that situation for me. I'm copping out on that one. Tom Lee. I think that's the only argument that matters, right? Is I don't want to get into why we don't think Josh Allen can stay at the top. I'm happy to say he is at the top and he's worth that value. Yes. Um, it's the same thing for Kyler. I mean, I listened to a clip of wow, some other show talking about how Kyler's more injury prone because he's small and all this sort of shit, right? I don't care. Uh, we know he can produce. We know he's good. Every player can get injured. Every player can be healthy or not healthy. I don't yes. care. The key That's is here point. is the current market value. What is their true value? Well, if it's at the top, the true value is always to sell them back, right? Yeah. In the same way that you trade back within drafts because we know it adds value to the team. We know you should trade back from top tier assets because remaining at the top is extremely difficult, especially because they play in a sport where injuries are so frequent. You're always trying to dilute down and then reproduce value from the bottom up. So yes. for me, I, you know, as much as yes, you're probably correct. You know, career changing uh, statistical progression is hard to replicate, but it it doesn't matter because he's there. You know what I mean? Like we're not discounting saying he hasn't done it. He's done it, and he has digs and he has all this value. That's fantastic, but. His value is not to sit on your team and possibly drop. It's already at its, at its, its all-time high. Um, you know, what if he is the QB1 next year? Cool. Well, let's go and get the QB7 for next year and add the wide receiver 12. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your yeah. roster is better with those two pieces than holding on to that one. Yep. Um, I agree. So it's just, yeah, it's just something to explore and keep thinking about going, oh, cool, I've picked the right guy. I've ridden them to the top. What can they be doing for me, not what are they doing for me? Exactly. And that's and that's all we're looking to do here. And yeah. if you're in dynasty leagues that have been around for a while, you either drafted Josh Allen a little, obviously significantly lower than him blowing up last year. Maybe you got lucky. Maybe you, maybe you just called it, dude. Uh, I mean, chances are you didn't, or you got him in rookie drafts and you held on to him, uh, waiting and hoping. And congratulations if you did. Now is the only time I truly believe you'll be able to get the most uh, for Allen. But again, that doesn't mean you have to go and trade every good player. You don't have to go and trade every good player. You can hang on to them. What we're telling you is that you should be poking around the DMs of your league mates. Don't put them on the block. But poke around with your league mates and see if somebody wants to pay that unreal steep price so you can take advantage of that, Yeah. improve your roster, improve your depth of picks, and, as you say, replace that quarterback value. That is a little sample, uh, the true value from each player, buy or sell, uh, that we, Tom Lee and I are going to get into uh, leading up into the season. And as we always like to do, I want to leave with some final thoughts so we all know what that means. So, Tom Lee, <laughs> take it away. So we're going to get some Aussie slang. All right? We keep doing this every week. I'm sure we'll run out eventually, but uh, we've got two this week because I had one planned and then pre-show I was talking to you and dropped an accidental one. 
So <laughs> we'll, we'll go with the accidental one first. So the accidental one first was can't be fucked, right? When you're not willing to put the effort in, you can't be fucked. Right? And now that's a classic Australian. It didn't even it didn't even register as like this could be one. It just came out so fluently. I was like, oh, we've got to get that in the show. Yeah. So if you're asking to do fucked. something, nah, mate, can't be fucked. Right? Nah, mate. I, can't I, I, I can't I can't be fucked to reply to bad trades. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. This thing shits me to tears. Nah, can't be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, last... we go, we have to start building <laughs> sentence structures to teach people. Oh yeah, how to I'm gonna give you so much content. Um yeah, <laughs> then the second one that I had planned, because I keep getting this one in, in leagues, right? I'll say well, we're talking about something, chatting away and go, Oh, too easy, right? I'll oh, say too easy. One. Yeah. Too easy, and everyone's like, Oh, like, you know, is he taking advantage of me? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like this is no worries, <laughs> too easy. But the one I wanted to bring this week is piece of piss. And piece of piss is just, it's so simple that, nah, no worries, mate, piece of, piece of piss, right? It's a dismissive, don't worry about it, it's too easy, I've got it done for you. Um, yeah, it, it just, yeah, they were all in the same bracket. What? Don't ask me why it's a piece of piss, I don't know. Because piss easy, right? Piss easy, is you guys got piss easy? No, okay. No. So, this is, so this must be like, you know, a couple of references deep where it started as, how easy is it to do something like this? Well, it's piss easy, and then it becomes a piece of piss. Why is everything piss related over there? Like it's all, it's yeah. all phallic and piss related. I don't well, and, and like so you call drinking getting on the piss, right? So like it's all everything. It's either drinking related or it's body function related or it's just chuck the, <laughs> chuck the word fuck in there because we can. But yeah. Getting on the piss. If you haven't heard that one, that's also another one. Oh but, my uh, god! Piece of piss. That's possibly four or five for this week. So if you oh if you're not god. across it by now, oh my! I want god. to see more of this in leagues as well. I want to see this starting to get out there and infiltrating the the dynasty oh community, hitting the tweet, hitting the hitting the bird app with some of this as well. So um, much piss talk. So <laughs> much. piss talk. Yep. Oh my god! Uh, I love you for it. Never change. Piece of piss, taking the piss. Taking the piss. There's a lot of piss talk over there. A lot of piss. We're getting to a weird place here, but oh my God. I think coming up, we're going to have to start putting sentence structures together and then we're going to quiz Tom on his Aussie slang and and see how accurately I can formulate sentences with some of this stuff. I have an Aussie section. (laughs) We didn't didn't come here to fuck spiders today and we got through the show. Uh, We're happy. His piece of piss today. Um, you know, we secured our budgie smugglers and really got the job done and hunkered down. So look, that's our show for today. Uh, and I always want to say that I appreciate everyone downloading and listening. I mean, we didn't think we would be where we're at right now. And like Absolutely. I said, we, it, it, it couldn't be done. My final thoughts here, kind of always the same thing. Stop being an asshole. Uh, just be kinder to people, right? Like people are going to have a different opinion than you deal with it if you can't deal with it get yeeted right just be good people and stop being assholes that's that's all i want um look as i always like to say if you liked what you heard today well you gotta let us know if you disliked what you heard today well you definitely gotta let us know if you think there's a guest that you think deserves to be on the show or think that would gel well with us on this show well let us know we're gonna reach out we're gonna try to make that happen speaking of which this Saturday at the Full Tale Dynasty Podcast, there is no Friday show of the Full Tale Dynasty Podcast. It's going to be Saturday, this Saturday, the 7th at 12 p.m. 
Central Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Myself, the host with the most time on his hands, Thomas Dipple FF. My main man, lead analyst over there, Roto Underworld, Jacob Sanderson, FF underscore RTDB, and creator and programmer over there with the Dynasty Nerds, Big Billy FF, have one heck of a guest. It's the Podfather himself, Fantasy Mansions, coming on to the show. We're going to ask him some questions. we got some special things planned for him, and you kind of never know what you're going to get. Uh, out of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast crew. I, I like to not tell these guys what's happening, and I definitely like to surprise the guests. You're not going to want to miss out on another episode of Billy's Stat Corner. We may have a people VRTDB, and I couldn't think of two people better to go toe-to-toe than the Podfather. And Jacob, I think it's going to be fantastic. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. Leave a comment. Head to FullTiltDynasty.com. Go to the forum. Get another Get in on the conversation. Start a conversation. We'll get back to you. Reach out. Let us know. Drop a comment. And obviously, you can go and find all of the other episodes of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast on FullTiltDynasty.com, Full Tilt Dynasty YouTube, and, of course, at the Dynasty Vipers Network. They have a lot of great stuff going on over there. Matt Donnelly has started his own very short show uh, Viper Bites is very, very informative, very entertaining, as most things are over there. That's going to do it for us. And I always like to say the same thing, and that's don't be a dick. But the most important thing that you can remember is that clear eyes, full hearts can never lose. Stay safe, stay happy, and be kind. Ciao, everybody.